Hey, hey, hockey fans, what is going on? This is the Leafs Convo Podcast. My name is Norman James. However you're listening, thank you very much for doing so. There's so much going on in the world of hockey right now, in particular with those Maple Brothers running near the top of the league, coming off a big win that Mike, of course, is not completely 100% satisfied with. What else is new? He'll tell us why. There's the Nylander versus the Leafs impasse. Is this thing going down to the 11th hour? So many Nylanderites believe that it's a done deal and it's just a matter of time. So when is that time? I'd love to know. Plus, there's all kinds of other things that Mike and I are going to engage in. Your questions sent to us via Twitter and other stuff too. I digress a lot. Mike's ready to go. I'm ready to go. I know you are too. So what do you say? Let's pod. The Leafs combo starts right now. And here he is, my podcast partner in crime, the one and only Michael P. Augello. Good afternoon, my friend. How are you? Good afternoon, Norman. I am well. How are you? Not too bad. I'm still reeling from that 4-2 Leafs win over the Beasts who used to eat Leafs, Mitch Marner with three assists. Were they all primary, Mike? Because that's been eating me up inside. <sighs> well, three assists is three assists. I don't care if they're primary or secondary, but he was central in the victory. Uh, he assisted on uh, the 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 Josh. Uh, well, he didn't get an assist on the Josh Levo goal. That was the only one that he didn't get an assist on. But he actually create you know helped create the play and then got it to Marlow, Marlow to Ennis, and then Levo scored. But he was, I mean, his playmaking ability is a is a force. But I, I have to say that last night, you know, it, they played well at times. But this this is the thing: Boston was extremely shorthanded. They didn't have Chara. They didn't have Charlie McAvoy, so they didn't have their top defensive pairing. They didn't have their best center and leaf killer Patrice Bergeron. They didn't start their number one goaltender. They started. Uh, they didn't start Tuukka Rask. They started Yaroslav Halak, and that game was two-two in the second period. And at, at, at the midpoint of the game, the shots were twenty-nine fifteen Boston. <laughs> can I pour this, a little? Can I pour a little more in your cup there, Michael? Yeah, I, I, I get your point. The Leafs didn't have Austin Matthews. They didn't have the exalted William Nylander, and uh, they've still got the job done. They were outshot. They still got the job done. Um, you know, any victory against Boston, regardless of who they're facing roster-wise, is a morale boost for this Maple Leafs team because, uh, you know, along the way, besides perhaps reaching milestones that the franchise has never reached before, mm-hmm. the process towards getting to a Stanley Cup final and ultimately winning that damn jug, includes overcoming finally the Boston Bruins and any step they can take in that direction, whether it be on the score sheet or in between their ears, they have to take. And I believe they took one last night. Well, I mean, the, the, the problem is, and you know, I'm always the Mr. Glass is half empty and not glass is half full, but I think in terms of analysis, it's, it, it's right to be that way. This team is too dependent on Frederick Anderson being at the top of his game and making numerous saves to be able to, I think, plot a course where they win the Stanley Cup. It's You have to have great goaltending, but you can't – I mean, they gave up 40 shots to a Boston team that's right now – I'd say average at best offensively uh, before the Saturday game against Philadelphia. I believe the stat was they had given up 
that Anderson and his four, per, uh, previous four starts or leave goaltenders in their previous four starts had faced over 40 shots a game. That cannot be the way things go. They have to be able to cut down on offensive chances. And honestly, you look at the way they played defense last night and TSN during one of the periods showed the replay that, the, that pointed it out perfectly on the one goal, the power play goal by Pasternak, you know, uh, Ron Hainsey and Travis Dermott could not get the puck out of the off, out of the defensive zone. On the other Pasternak goal off a of faceoff, Tavares loses the faceoff, and that happens. Ron Hainsey misses his assignment. The uh, Pasternak goes to the front of the net. Cor- Tory Krug feeds it right to him, and it's in the net. You, especially from a top pairing guy, and I'm zeroing in on Hainsey, but there are other other players as well. You cannot have that kind of play defensively mm. and expect to win consistently. They're doing it base, basically right now on the on the back of Freddie Anderson and on the back of their offense. You know, we're so focused on getting Mitch, or sorry, I'm going to try that again because I can hear feedback. We're so focused on getting William Nylander back in the fold, or at least many people are. We're losing focus on another issue that continues to rear its head in wins and losses, and that's the defensive situation. Ron Hainsey should be giving young defensemen pep talks and playing 12, 13 minutes a night. He's playing way too much. He's doing way beyond what he should be required to do at this point of his career. And I'll use this joke until the end of time. The man has a whole bag full of Viking River Cruise pamphlets that he wants to put into action and, you know, finally uh, live his dreams out and, I don't know, be on a vacation that doesn't require, you know, a stop in San Jose, Anaheim, and Los Angeles. What I'm saying is he's seen the twilight of his career and, you know, should be thinking of things to do post-career as opposed to logging as many minutes and being put front and center and having so much responsibility um, placed squarely on his shoulders uh, when I'm not so sure they brought him in to to be that guy. Even if they did, it was a faulty um, piece of judgment from, was it Lou who signed him? It was um, Lou who signed him and Babcock yeah. who's put him in that position. And yeah, I mean, but they just don't. Who else are you going to put in that position? And the, the interesting thing is, we're talking about the Leafs' defense not being, not delivering at a point where we believe it's Stanley Cup worthy. Yet last night, uh, Igor Ozaganov and Travis Dermott score their first goals of the season. So offensively, the Leafs' defense is not really missing or beat. Or if you thought it was on on a whole we're beginning to see um, a bit of an eruption in that regard. But it's about more than that. And I understand where you're coming from uh, in terms of a 200-foot game, all three zones, as the the great Dale Hunter would point out endlessly at night's practices over the years. You've you've got to play a complete game. And even if you are coming out uh, victorious on the score sheet, you look back on whether that game was a complete game and how that game strategy and the way you employed it would be put to use in a game of more greater consequence and those games are certainly coming this is the Leafs combo Norman James along with Mike Agello uh, we have lots of questions that people have engaged us with through Twitter thank you very much for putting that out there Mike uh, clearly William Melander is on the, the minds of a lot of people um, before we get into that though uh, Travis Dermott picks up a goal Igor Zaganov picks up a goal do you 
do you like that from a you know a young defensive standpoint meaning do you like what you're seeing there mike knowing that you know this is this is jake gardner it's got to be jake gardner's last year and he might be the last um month or two through three months with the team right if he's traded do you like do you like to see that and then you know hey there's the least progress being made in that regard well, I don't know if Gardner is going to be traded. Unfortunately, I think the Leafs are going to go down the path that they went with Van Riemsdyk and Bozak, where they're going to own rental him and just let him walk away. I, I, that's not something I would do. And I know I've heard Brian Burke on Sportsnet say the same thing. You just can't do that. But I think they're going to because I, I think before the deadline, they're going to add a defenseman. I, I, I'm, I'm convinced of that. Whether it's in a kneel under trade in the next week or whether it's before the deadline with the cap space that they have open. And, you know, that's not not a statement against Dermott because I think Dermott has played well in his second year. I think he's making progress. Uh, Babcock is using him on the penalty kill. He He's a, very adept at rushing the puck. I think Ozaganov has sort of been um, – he's been – Fairly good. I mean, I don't think he's a great defender, but I think he's he's decent. Um, and you know, he's got size, and he has a you know, as Babcock would say, he has a good a good stick. He's a, got a long reach, and that is helpful. But the problem is, is that you, I, I think Hainsey is a better fit as a bottom pairing, which is what I thought they were going to get out of him when they re, when they signed him, because essentially I thought he was the replacement for Matt Hunwick, and then, and instead Babcock has put him on the top pairing, and that's had beneficial effect on Morgan Riley. But now I just don't think Hainsey's a 20, 20 to twenty five minute defenseman. He's so not. yeah, so and and. I think what the plan is going to be is they're going to get a defenseman at the deadline who has a year or two left in a contract. And that defenseman along with Gardner will, you know, they will, that will bolster the defense for this year. And then once Gardner leaves in free agency, then that guy will basically take the spot of Gardner on the second pairing for a year or two. What about the Gardner Marinson pairing? You don't think that, is, well, you know, th those two will be playing in the final minutes of game seven. Well, that's that, that's the fun. That's the funny thing is like when you know Zaitsev had the flu yesterday. He missed the morning skate, and Marinson was the number is the number seven. He filled in with Jake Gardner. When your first option when somebody is sick or somebody is hurt is Martin Marinson, your defense is in trouble. And I, I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care what the analytics numbers are. He is a horrific defenseman. He has been since he joined the Leafs. He will be after he leaves the Leafs. He's just not a good defenseman. And I think they have blue liners that might be options later in the year, like Kali Rosen or Andreas Borgman down with the Marlies. I think they're going to keep their young guys down there for, for seasoning. But I think that Kyle Dubas has to get a defenseman or two at the deadline to bolster the blue line because that's the only weak spot on this team, honestly. This is the Leafs Combo, Norman James, along with Mike Agello. If you're listening on YouTube, thank you so much for doing so. Why not just hit the subscribe button? These are incredible times for the Maple Leafs. All sorts of news surrounding the team that is related to off-the-ice stuff, at least for now, with uh, the latest on Matthews, um, you know, the division created through this Nylander impasse. You have Camp Nylander, his father, Louis Gross, King Willie, and then, you know, millions upon millions of people who just love the man and, you know, think that it's essential the Maple Leafs bring him back. And then you have others who uh, probably uh, undervalue William Nylander, but 
in that undervaluation, they are thinking more towards a life without Willie and perhaps an asset in return if uh, a trade can be swung. I'm not so sure if the Leafs could <clears throat> win a trade physically or mentally, Mike. I don't know. We can talk a little bit about that as we engage uh, some of the Leafs converts and TLC OGs who've contributed questions um, thanks to your solicitation, Mike, because, I mean, you just have such social media power. Cam, at Cam Watts, 25. He always has a great question for us, and I like this question because it does relate to Jake Gardner and trading him. (laughs) Seeing how both are UFAs, would a Tyler Myers for Jake Gardner trade make sense? Dermot could move up into Jake's spot, and Myers could play with Morgan Riley. Hashtag Ask Mike. TLCOG right there, Cam Watts. In a perfect world, let's do it, Mike. Let's do it. I like that. I've talked uh, for for Hockey Buzz, our writer, Peter Tessier, who does the webcast with us. uh, We have talked about a Gardner for Myers deal forever, and it makes a lot of sense for both teams because they're weak on the left side and the Leafs are weak on the right. But um, And it doesn't sound like the the Jets are going to re-sign Tyler Myers. But I don't know if it's been discussed. It makes a lot of sense positionally, but I think that the Leafs are keeping Gardner, and I, you know, I think this is unfortunately so because you can't trade Gardner and say you're contending for the Stanley Cup in their minds because Gardner is a part of the, is a piece of the pie, and maybe they think that they can re-sign him at a lower amount. I don't think that's going to be possible, but I think they're going to hold out that he would take less to to, to stay. I don't think that's going to be the case. He has a chance of making six to, six and a half mm-hmm. to seven million dollars as a free agent, but um, yeah, it, it would make us. It would make sense, but I I don't think it's going to happen. This is where a lot of the number crunchers and God, we need them because they're smarter than we are. Uh, communication wise, probably not always the best, but it's where they start to lose their way a little bit. You can't keep Jake Gardner, guys. You've got enough of new Jake Gardners coming through the pipeline, just because you like them and just because. You know, his Corsi was amazing for four games in the, you know, the first four games of the Boston series or something. You can't, you can't keep him. You can't keep him and pay William Nylander more on an average annual value than Mitch Marner because you think statistically he's better than Mitch Marner and pay Matthews more money than Connor McDavid. And pay, you can't do it. Like, that's the problem. So with Jake Gardner... The guy has done all he can as a Maple Leaf. He's increased his value to a point where there's no point paying him that kind of money based on what, you th- what he should be making uh, for his offensive output. When you have Timothy Lilligren coming through, you have Travis Dermott starting to emerge, you have Rasmus Sandin in the organization. These are not only Jake Gardner 2.0s, but 2.0 pluses because you're hopefully cultivating defensemen who learn and understand more uh, about the instincts of the game than uh, Jake Gardner has been able to um, exude with the Maple Leafs. Look, the guy in a perfect world, you could have that guy. If this was a $100 million team, you could do that. It's not like I hate the guy. I I just want to see his skill set replaced with another skill set that the Leafs need, considering the Leafs have his skill set in space. This is the Leafs combo. We're ripping through some uh, questions and some comments that uh, Leafs converts have uh, put forth on Twitter. Thanks to Mike and his incredible social media power. Tim Bonehill, since we're in a cap driven world in the NHL, do you foresee Babs Dubas possibly keeping Capitans 
and Janssen's value heading into RFA negotiations down by playing them no higher than the third line upon Matthews and Nylander's return. Mike, are, mm-hmm. are young Leaf fans getting way too wrapped up in this expectation that it's a done deal with William Nylander? Because all I'm reading is when he's back, when he's back, when he's back. It's almost as if, you know, one bit of information is passed along and then it just permeates and just overtakes the masses that there's this, this is the assertion in this tweet. Tim Bonehill, thanks so much. For, I'll answer his question first on the, on the two players, Janssen and, and, and Kapanen. Mike Babcock is not going to factor in the cap when it comes to if the player is playing, he's going to play. And Kapanen has done very well playing uh, now on the second line with Marlowe and Kadri. Now there's probably going to be some line uh, reorganization once Matthews comes back. And Matthews was skating at the MasterCard Center uh, this morning, not wearing a non-contact jersey. So it's possible that he gets in tomorrow against San Jose and if not against Minnesota on the weekend in Minnesota. Um but I don't think, like, you know, if Kapanen is on the way to scoring 25 to 30 goals, that benefits the team. So I don't think that's going to factor into Babcock's decision. It's going to be up to Kyle Dubas and the organization and the management uh, players like uh, uh, Lawrence Gilman and Brandon Pridham to manipulate the cap so they can fit these guys in. And that's, you know, now when it comes to Nylander, you can't assume anything. I mean, there's a lot of speculation out there. There's, there was a report today saying that he was spotted at Pearson Airport. It turned. I don't. I haven't heard any kind of uh, validity uh, confirming that. Um, I, I honestly think, and this is the interesting thing. Nick Kiprios said yesterday uh, on, I believe it was Tim and Sid's show, uh, that there had not been any contact between the Leafs and Neilander for the last three days. Now that's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday because there was the show was on Monday. If that's the case. That's either indicative of, of one of two things. They've either agreed to a deal or there's still an impasse. And based on what's happened over the last two months, I think there's still an impasse. Elliot Friedman on Saturday said that the, the two sides were fi- at least $500,000 apart. And there's been some speculation that the, the, the impasse right now is the signing bonus on the new contract because – understandably from their point of view, Nylander wants a high signing bonus. So he gets paid for the time that he's missed. And if I'm the Leafs, I tell him to take a, take a, a, a long walk on a short. Whoa. Beer. What is this? The Howard Stern show, Mike? No, no, no. I'm, I mean, kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. You're yeah. you keep throwing that at me every, like yeah. every week. Well, but, but I, <laughs> but, but I, but I, but I pulled back there, Nor. <laughs> <laughs> true yes but uh but but the but the, the point is is that you're gonna you know, from their point of view it's like we're gonna reward this guy for for basically giving us a tough time on a contract and it's negotiations that's part of the whole business but you can't reward them by giving them heavy signing bonus plus uh i mean first of all it sets a bad precedent for mm-hmm. Martin matthews the second thing is the CBA clause that allows them to load the first year or the first year would be greater at a greater amount. And then the, the remaining years would be less. That's a big benefit to the Leafs. If they go heavy signing bonus on that, it's less of a benefit. It, it affects how much the first year is where they have a ton of cap space and the, the years following when they don't. So I think that that's still a potential impasse that, that is con- holding things up. And I, until he's signed, 
I still think the tra trade possibility is up there. And I'll say something that maybe you know, some people will will be shocked or some people will will say I'm I'm a little bit crazy. But I am convinced that even if he signs a bridge deal or even if he signs a long-term deal, that William Nylander in maybe two years will not be on this team. It's a, this is a short-term thing because, remember, cost certainty on contracts – are worth a hell of a lot mm -hmm. more than a guy coming up as an RFA or a UFA. And if a team knows, okay, he's going to be making 6.3, 6.4 for the next five years, that's valuable to them. So I think his days are still numbered even if he signs a contract. So many fans have pinned their entire hockey fandom, their hopes and dreams on number 29. I mean, he is now their guy. And for, for you to say that, Mike – not only are you a bad person and terrible and worthless, <laughs> but um, if you are anywhere near accurate, I mean, you are the you know second coming of you know who. And Satan, it's, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 not going to sit well uh, with William Nylander fans. Uh, Tim Bonehill, I, I hope we were able to at least shed some opinion or uh, you know a, a different perspective on your question, and I, I see it. Another gentleman within this uh, timeline has uh, jumped in to educate Tim. So, uh, Tim, good for you, buddy. Um, Daver16, is it 5 p.m. or December 1st yet? Hashtag Ask Mike. I guess that's a play on the whole thing in Columbus. Uh, yeah. Kyle Dubas telling a fan, a Blue Jackets fan, that he'll have an update at 5 p.m. And See, that, that people just, went that, nuts. That just illustrates how hilarious – um, social media is yeah. and, and the fervor for news on something that, you know, I'm, I'm sure other markets when they have an RFA, you know, like when Ryan O'Reilly was an RFA in, in Colorado or, uh, or, or um, uh, David Pasternak in Boston, there was a hue and cry, but nothing matches Toronto. And I, that's why I love, uh, I love the Toronto media market and the, and the fans in Toronto there because the love of hockey and the interest mm -hmm. in hockey is, is it no, hockey though, Mike? It's hockey. I do mean, we, it's do, the, we, do we are we interested in hockey? Because I, I, in this day and age, I find that people a lot of fans are just interested in in the cap. It's it's all about cap. That's it's it's how how do you fit players into the cap? But there's not a lot of talk of cups. There's cap over cups, and I, perhaps you got to get the cap right before you get the cup. But you know, I've had conversations with young fans who literally told me they'd rather have William Nylander and watch him play and have him be paid more and given more credence than a Mitch Marner for some unknown reason than yeah, have this team win a Stanley Cup. That's they'd rather very... have their players yeah. than win cups. And this is my point, and I make it over and over again. And I'm right. I'm 100% I'm right. The goal of the organization is to win a Stanley Cup. It's not... It, the, the Maple Leafs were not created over a hundred years ago. Con Smythe did not have the Maple Leaf Gardens built in what seven, eight months in order to placate and cater to William Nylander. You know, decades later, generations later, this is not what the organization is about. The organization was put here to endure years and years of futility and embarrassment. Maybe to get to this point in or, and, and finally win a Stanley Cup. It was just not – the Leafs are not – they don't get the motors running every single day to finally land William Nylander on a major long contract, especially after everything they've gone through. And that's – again, 
it's this whole process has been really frustrating because people are starting to lose their way and the divisions that are being created within this fan base. I mean, if William Elander comes back and people who think he's a third liner, which he's not, I mean, the guy's a first line player, no question. And he's, he's within his right to be standoffish in contract negotiation until he gets what he wants. And, and fans, a lot of fans would, you know, just say, all right, whatever, you know, he's back. But if William Nylander is not, does not come back and he sits out the year or he's traded or he's paid, uh, he takes money that um, a lot of his f- fans and supporters and n- number crunchers think that he should be taking more than, there's going to be beef and there's going to be problems within this fan base for a long time to come. And to be honest with you, you know, you either want to get in, try to engage it or you just try to turn it off and watch hockey, right, Mike? If Neil undersigns and he comes when he comes back, and if he plays well, everything will be fine and dandy. If he doesn't play well, I want to see how many of these Nylander pom-pom waving aficionados. Nylanderites. Nylanderites. Yeah. I've already. I'm, I'm, I'm going to see how many of them are out there because at that point, they really won't have any leg to stand on. And oh, I, they I, will. I, oh, no, no, Mike. It but, no, no, no. This is. No. There is no, there is no backing off. There'll be plenty of excuses made for William Nylander and f- plenty of finger pointing at anyone else who is considered on the, the opposite side or an obstruction to William Nylander fluidly um, taking his place as, you know, the iconic player on this team. But, but I, I'm, I'm just saying that I, I, it'll be hard to find them at that point. Maybe you're, maybe you're right. Maybe they'll, they'll, they'll be, you know, such um, devotees of, uh, of Nylander that they will say, well, there, there's this reason and that reason. No, I mean, the thing is, he is going to have to perform, and it's going to be tough coming back. If he, if he signs a contract between now and 5 p.m. on Saturday, it's going to be tough for him to come in after, say, 30 to 35 games, whatever, how long it takes for him to get back into game shape and pro- probably play a few games down in the AHL, for him to step right in and score at the pace that he scored um, the last two years. So we'll see what happens. Mike, what I'm saying is that if William Nylander's not put in a prime position to succeed anywhere, if he's put on the second line, there will be complaints if he does not produce. If he's put he's on the first line, Matthews. no, I, I, I understand. But if all of a sudden it'll be, well, Matthews isn't there, there will be, there will be excuses made. This, William Nylander to his followers and the Nylanderites can do no wrong. If you ever get into an argument or an argument or a conversation with somebody who's just totally driven by analytics, it's, a, you, it's, a, it's an impossible proposition because you cannot, you are not talking about anything but the numbers. Yeah. And I've had conversations and I try to keep it, uh, you know, pleasant and not, uh, you know, <laughs> keep it pleasant. Thanks Mike. You're well, such no, a no, I, I, I'm just saying like the Mr. Know, Rogers I, of hockey. I, you know, cause there's no, I, there's no point in, in sort of, you know, cause I don't clearly I don't agree with a lot of the things that, that that some of the analytics crowd come up with, but I think it's 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 beneficial to be sort of respectful and have a good byplay back and forth. And you know there are some things you can learn, 
And yeah, for sure. there's, some, there's some things they can learn from me because I've watched hockey since I was four years old. And I know when a player is crap and I know when a player is not crap. And, you know, there are certain players on the, on many teams that I could look at them and look at the way they play. And I don't care what the numbers say. They're not good players, but let's move on. Okay. Barb Dwyer, if Nylander signs, how much does Norman's opinion change? Pretty harsh for the last little while. I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big William Nylander fan. I like I no I like he's a good hockey player, and what he he's he's shown me that he's a good hockey player, but I don't think this organization's success and ability to win a Stanley Cup within my lifetime and I don't know how long that's going to go is conditional to signing William Nylander. I feel like there's this this hype, uh, this Nylander hype is. It's it's not only ginned up. I mean, it's not artificial, but it's 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 a movement, and that's what you do on social media when you when you want to raise money or you want to push an agenda. That's basically what it is. It's it's an agenda, and I'm just not buying into it. If he's back, Barb, tomorrow, I'm I'm going to exp- I just want to see him play well. I want to see him rip down the wing, cross the blue line. Um, snap a shot or wrist a shot past the goaltender, I'm ready. I'm in. I'm all in. But if it's not him and it's someone else in his place, if it's Kapanen and a defenseman that's brought back in or a, a younger player or, or, or someone of equal asset value, if that's possible, then I'm fine with that too. I don't have to have William Nylander back in the fold. And I'll, I'll extend that. I don't even have to have Mitch Marner back in the fold. I mean, if, he, if we're in the same situation with Mitch Marner in a year or two, and he doesn't, if he's holding, or he, there's an impasse there, and it doesn't, it's not going to work out with him, then that's fine. I just want to see this team win a Stanley Cup, and I'm not pinning my hopes and dreams on any one player. It's my, my, my fandom is not predicated on having number 29 back in the mix. And I grant you, I'm not saying that the, the statistics aren't real, and they don't have a value, or they can't be applied to uh, how this team can... can function with him but i don't have to have william nylander i'm not at that point as a fan i'm past it now i'm older now i i don't idolize or worship players i put matt sundin of course so does mike in a, in a you know very quiet and private fashion um but oh he's swedish too by the way he's not a good old ontario boy yeah um but i again i i, I just i view it from a different perspective and i I, just, I'm, I'm a, I love the Maple Leafs. I don't particularly love individual Leafs. Give me a Stanley Cup, Barb. That's all I want. If it's William Nylander hoisting it, I'll, I'll hug and kiss him. If it's not, I could care less. Go ahead, the, Mike. The road to the Stanley Cup for every organization is asset management. Plain and simple. Is William Nylander a good to great player? Sure. I am convinced that the Leafs have a better chance of winning a Stanley Cup with the players that they can get for William Nylander mm-hmm. and st- over William Nylander himself. So that's that. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Who can you get though? And that's the thing. I've, I've can you? Well, we can don't know. Leafs? I know, and that's what I'm saying. When is this trade going to happen? Who? Who? It's a, it would be such a monumental, complex. Uh, transaction how does that unless they're working on that right now and that's what's the that's been part of the holdup 
Well, how do you make that happen? And how do you win that trade? Not only you know, well, f- from an asset standpoint, but from a public relations perspective, how do you win that? If you, I, I, it's impossible. It's it'd be almost impossible to win that. And where are those assets that can come back and actually contribute to the organization right now and help this goal further? Where does that happen, Mike? How does well, that happen? I, I think that it's possible. I think that, you know, I mean, it's not going to be a Taylor Hall for Adam Larson deal if there is a deal. I mean, I, I the, the funny thing is, is that observing what has happened over the last few weeks, the number of scouts um, that were in Toronto at the beginning of the month, I'd say maybe up till two weeks ago, it was, you know, in double figures and multiple teams had multiple scouts. And now it is tailed off because I think in the, you know, remember a couple weeks ago, Elliot Friedman reported that, or it was either Elliot or, or Chris Johnston reported that the Leafs were saying, okay, make your best offer. And I think the teams did make their best offers. So those, those offers are mm-hmm. like in Kyle Dubas's notebook and he's got them written down. And, you know, I'm assuming that once he's exhausted every avenue and then it comes down to whether Neilander signs the contract or doesn't sign the contract, if he doesn't sign it, after December 1st, him being in the KHL or the SHL does the Leafs no good for this year, a year that they think they can win the Stanley Cup. So if there is an acceptable deal on the, on the, in that notebook, then I think he does it. And if there's not, then maybe he gets traded at the deadline. Maybe he gets traded at the draft. But if he doesn't sign by December 1st, I'm convinced that it'll be the last time we ever see Neil, William Nylander in a Leafs jersey. Breaking news, uh, Kyle Dubas's notebook has fallen on the floor out of his jacket. He was caught doing the floss and everything just became dismantled and dislodged and hit the floor. Maybe yeah. Dave, our, our good buddy uh, at David Nestigo 200 can gift that. Dave, did you catch that? Kyle Dubas. I, I did. It was, it was, he was behind the wall, but I think he was clearly, uh, he was clearly doing that. I love yeah. it. My my daughter can rip a floss, and my son can do it too. He just doesn't like when we watch when he does it. Poor little guy. Just a couple more questions, and then we can continue on um, with ending the show. Uh, Michael Moss, what will we talk about once Nylander signs? Here we go again. Once he signs, this is wishful thinking. Uh, Michael's probably a lot smarter than we are. So, I mean, if he thinks that Nylander's going to sign, that's fine. Um, I don't know where I, I still don't get a feeling that it's going to happen one way or the other. Well, to, to answer his question, what are we going to concentrate on after December 1st? The date is February 25th. Yeah. The, the NHL trade deadline, because even if they sign William Nylander and right now the Leafs have over $12 million in cap space, even if they sign him and the front loaded first year of the contract is in the seven million dollar range which is very possible if it's a if it's a long-term deal they're going to have a lot of cap space to add players and this is an organization that has is well stocked in young prospects has draft picks mm-hmm. and is clearly going for it this year to win the stanley cup so i i think that kyle dubas is going to be busy i think he'll go out and get a defenseman he might even go out and get himself another Maybe a, a left winger. I mean, yeah. there are. I mean, Bob McKenzie said a couple of days ago, and this is a name that I think a lot of Lee fans would love is Wayne Simmons. And with the tire fire that's going on in Philadelphia right now, and the fact that they signed JVR, and basically JVR is playing the the role that Simmons played on the Flyers the last few years, which is in front of the net in the power play. 
I think there's a possibility that, you know, Simmons is not getting the offers from Philadelphia mm -hmm. that he wants and he, he will be a rental. And if he's a rental, he comes back home and tries to win a Stanley cup. I think it's oh, he comes home. The good Ontario boy. You talk about Philadelphia being such a tire fire. I'm concerned because Gritty's costume looks so damn flammable. <laughs> I, I hate Gritty. I love Gritty. I hate Gritty. Oh, I could rock a Gritty all day. Now, do I love Gritty more than I love William Nylander? And what does that say about my hockey IQ, Michael? Uh, final question. My, uh, my phone has just... I'll have to cut that out. Uh, final, final question. Gerard Bondi. How did the Maple Leafs get a capable number three goalie? Well, I guess they wait till Curtis McElhinney's put on waivers. If that's <laughs> that's not happening, awesome. he's he's leading the Hurricanes and wins. And Calvin Pickard is like one of two healthy goalies in Philadelphia, so I don't think that's going to happen. But the, the 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 funny thing is is that um, the Marlies right now are playing pretty well. They're scoring a ton of goals, and um, Jeff Glass, who was a uh, basically a uh, a band aid on a bullet hole. When the when the whole situation happened with uh, with McElhaney and, and Pickard, <laughs> what is that bandaid on a bullet hole? I love oh. the I love the expressions, Mike. Oh, oh thanks. Keep, uh, keep, keep them coming. We should do a next segment where you just throw out a just ton of expressions. Okay, I, I um, but but you know he 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 didn't address the situation. He didn't help them out. Um, the Casimir's Cascasuo is back, um, but he's not ready for NHL duty. Um, Emin McAdam, who they picked up in the Matt Martin deal, is not is barely an AHL goaltender. He's been, you know, not not good at all. Um, I, what they're going to look for, and what they probably can get fairly cheap, is a goaltender with NHL experience who has already gone through waivers and who is playing in the American Hockey League. And that'd be like, and I'm just throwing out a name here. I haven't heard anything. I'm just speculating. A guy like Eddie Lack with uh, New Jersey who got sent down to the minors. Because right now, clearly, it's it's Anderson and it's Sparks, but you have to prepare for the potential of an injury. And if there's a goalie out there who has NHL experience, who's in the AHL, that can help the Marlies and be there as a stopgap in case somebody gets hurt, that's what they'll look for. So I think that's what, what they'll go for before February 25th. How surreal in Twilight Zone-like is hockey sometimes? One minute, Curtis McElhinney's making a save on Sidney Crosby to get the Maple Leafs into the playoffs for the first time in God knows how long. Then he's the backup to a Freddie Anderson in a seven-game series with the um, Boston Bruins. And then he starts the year with the Maple Leafs, hoping that he can maintain his position as the backup to Freddie. And then he's waived... And then he's with the Carolina Hurricanes. And then he's the goaltender in a game in which the Maple Leafs are all over him. But he stones them and beats them. And then his former platoon mate or his, one of his you know, colleagues, the goaltending colleagues with the Maple Leafs, is in net against the Maple Leafs. And then that goaltender gets shellacked by the Maple Leafs. How crazy is this sport sometimes? Calvin Pickard and Curtis McElhaney start with the Maple Leafs in the preseason um, probably from their point standpoint, unfortunately sent out of town two new teams and they both end up playing against the Maple Leafs in the same week, uh, clearly um, experiencing different fates. What a, what a crazy game this is. Yeah. I mean, McElhaney is, I mean, he, he was interviewed before the game in Carolina and said he could understand why 
you know, the Leafs decided to keep the younger guy like Sparks would want to call their cup. But still, I mean, I don't think Mike Babcock is one of the people who was in favor of it, but I'll bet that I'll stick with that opinion. You know, I think, you know, they decided they can, they're going to keep Garrett Sparks and they believe in him because they won with him. And I think the jury is still out on him. I, he had a shutout on Saturday and it was the most unimpressive 34 save oh. shot in the history of man because he Mike, I, get off his back, man. Even, He's trying even, to my best. Even Jamie McLennan, who is a former NHL goaltender on TSN yesterday, and Jeff O'Neill, who scored 40 goals in the league, said, I don't remember him making one good save. <laughs> so I'm sorry. That I'm not alone in my opinion. We can't be friends anymore if you don't think Garrett Sparks is better than Freddie Anderson. He's not a good Ontario boy. Wow, he's an American. It's for you. Um, no, no, I, I, I'm with you. The jury's still out. These guys have to earn it. And Garrett Sparks, man. When he loses, he feels it. When he wins, I hope he feels it too. I'm on his side. And I'm on William Nylander's side, Mike. Um, San Jose, Wednesday, at Minnesota, Saturday. And then look out. Look out, scout, as the great Bill Waters used to say. December, Tuesday. Well, that doesn't work. Tuesday, December 4th, at Buffalo, 730. The hot sauce blue cheese arena. No, nope, not anymore. Not, not I, anymore. It, it'll always be the hot sauce blue cheese okay. arena in my heart, Michael. <laughs> Are you ready for that? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the the Sabers have won nine in a row, going for ten tonight, I believe, and they're you know they're they're playing great hockey. They're getting really good goaltending from Carter Hutton, Linus Allmark, you know, Eichel's play, and Jeff Skinner is having a career year right before free agency, by the way. So it's it's it should be in a very entertaining okay. game by by that time. Since we're sit, Mike, uh, and I'm uh, people hate when I cut you off, but I don't know. I do create the show so I, I may as well and, i mean I, I, you're a lot smarter than me i've got to get my words in edgewise um talk about much ado about nothing you know we talk I mean, garrett sparks in his 34 save shutout uh these guys don't remember him making a save are we gonna remember this 10 game or nine game win streak in a few months mike are the buffalo sabers gonna be there in the end or is this just a team that is it, it clearly uh on the ascent but uh, you know, um, I think in Buffalo, the Leafs just have to do 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 their due diligence against this team and put them in their place I, when they get. I a think chance. in Buffalo they'll remember it because this team has been so bad for so many years. And remember, this is the graveyard of the Maple Leafs. They come here and they lose most of the time. I know I've been to most of them, so it's it's going to be tough because the the Sabers are red hot. The Leafs are playing very well, sure. and it's going to be a very competitive game. But uh, I'm looking forward to it because you know these are two teams that are probably going to battle with each other over the next decade. And, you know, with the young players that they have, you know, the road could be through Toronto. The road could be through Buffalo. The road could be through through Tampa Bay. So we'll see. Last thing, Mike, when does this William Nylander impasse, the saga, the drama conclude, and how does it end? Quick. I think it's going to the 11th hour, meaning I think it's going to go to Friday. And I think in the end, he's going to sign a bridge deal two to three years for about five million bucks. But wow. you, yeah, but if you ask me, I think the best course of action would be a trade. And what was the point of it all if that's the result? Well, I mean, I think that's the compromise position position. I think Dubas is trying to get him on the long term deal. They're, they're they're pushing that agenda and they're trying to get that done. But I think when it comes down to the day before, if they still have a deal, it's a question of the bridge or a trade. 
And I'd like to think that there's a trade out there that they could make that they could get equal or close to equal value. But I think in the end, I think they'll they'll compromise on the bridge and then probably trade them later. Geez, those would be difficult papers to sign for Nylander and his father, if that's indeed the case. And if if that's indeed the case, it's a bridge deal for what and five million bucks a year. Yep. I don't I don't see um, this saga and the Cold War between the Nylanders and the Leafs coming to a conclusion. I have a feeling it would only intensify. Mike, gotta go. Thanks, Norman. Alrighty, that's a wrap for this edition of the Leafs Combo Podcast. Thank you so much for the ear. I didn't think it was going to go as long as it did, but you know Mike and I, when we get together talking hockey, we're just a couple of chatty Cathy's at Norman James TLC. I'd love to know how you listen to our podcast. Is it one of the traditional podcast platforms out there? We're on 20 of them now. Or is it YouTube? Speaking of YouTube, the comment section, amazing. Thank you for so much of the engagement that you guys have produced over the last little while. It's really picked up with this Nylander stuff. And you got to understand, there's a method behind the opinion on Nylander and how much Nylander stuff we produce and how much you guys engage. It's all part of the process. Look back on the Tavares days. Things really hype up. It's part of the business, part of what we try to do. And you guys are coming through in spades. If you have a hate listen for us and you you just want to uh, exhaust a bunch of angry things about how I'm terrible and Mike's this and that. Do it. Just do it. That's what the YouTube comment section is for. Of course, it's going to be offset by some of the praise and love that we get. And that means so much to us as well. We have a new podcast coming out sometime in the future. I don't know when it is, but in the meantime, please spread what we've just done here. Spread it with love. Spread it with hate. As long as you're spreading it, that's what means the most. For Mike Agello, I'm Norman James. We'll talk to you soon. The Leafs Convo is out.